up, by the way. So how y'all That's doing fine. today? This is episode, what, two? Episode two? It feels like it's episode 20. That's only because we've all known each other for a minute, so we're always having our lovely conversations. Welcome to the Open Perspective Podcast. My name is John. I have my buddy David here. What's up? So David, uh, let me know. Let everyone know. Who do we got on today? Today we have the world famous Just One. <laughs> oh. It feels like he's world famous though, for real. I think so. That's the that's the vibe I get with Justin. It's like everybody knows Justin. That's how I felt when I first met Justin. Yeah, me too. That's how I felt when I met Shaw. Nah, nah, man. I actually have a story that's pretty good, I think, for the podcast of when I first met Justin. Can we start? Yeah, let's get that. Let's get those going. But let, uh, can he introduce himself real quick before? Yeah, start? yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm just letting everybody oh. know I got a story coming. Very first. No, nah, no, nah, we want to hear who you are first. Real quick. Oh, but that's like, the, oh, just a quick one? Yeah, the yeah. quick one. We the don't need one. all the. Justin. Um, Used to write a lot of graffiti back in the day, so that's why the just one. So, and then people on Instagram think I'm just stoner, but it's ju- <laughs> just oneer. So I'm going on the record right now, I'm clearing it. It's not just stoner; it's just oneer. I'm not gonna lie, bro. I was like, damn, I didn't realize that you like were into weed that much. No, I knew what it meant. Yeah, and you were like, "What are you talking?" About? You're like, "No, man, it's not just stoner." I it's knew like, what it ah. meant. If if you don't know me and people always come up to be like, yo, just stoner. And I'm like, man, I don't even really smoke, bro. But hey. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, so I'm raised in Hayward, California. Had a big dream, and I'm trying to live them all out. That sounds good. So right, let's get to the story, I David. I want to hear the story now. Uh, okay. It's not really on top. I mean, I guess it's on topic because you're the topic, right? But it doesn't really have to do with what we're going to talk about. But, uh, one thing about Justin, I know, I remember the first time I saw Justin, he was like the guy Imperium, right? And it was at, um, help me Fort. What's the name of this for? Fort Mason. Okay. Mm -hmm. Fort Mason. And, uh, at like, you know, Fort Mason, big car show. It was Week Fest. I feel like if you were at Week Fest, you probably knew what Imperium was. If you were from that area, you knew what Imperium was, right? So Justin's like this big dude. Everybody knows who he is. Like, yo, that's Justin, blah, blah. Fast forward, like, I don't know, five, six years or whatever. I think it was the first stop that I went on for Week Fest that Justin was at. And it was Houston. And I remember, I remember even before going to Houston, they were like, oh, yeah, Justin's going to be there for this trip. I think you had missed because you had like a wedding or like the previous one that I was at, you had missed for some reason. And then I was kind of like, oh, man, that dude's going to be here. The vibe's going to be different, right? Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. God, like that. And, and then, yeah. but hold on. Like instantly, I was like, you know what? That's me making something already because... I'm assuming that you're going to be like this cocky dude because you're somebody and everybody is like cool with you. You're going to already have this like, I don't know who you are, but I have my place in this group, right? And then 
like instantly I realized that's all shit in my head. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna have a different approach on this. Di- like different than I normally would. And at the time, I think that I was already starting to be like, I gotta have a different approach on things. You know what I mean? And I remember that day we all landed or whatever, and we were like waiting for our luggages. You were waiting for all the shirts. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna be cool about it. I had already seen you say what's up to everybody. And I was like, I'm gonna be cool about it. So I went up to you and I was like, hey, what's up, man? I'm David. And you're like, yo, what's up, Justin? It was cool. It was like, whatever. But then I was like, let me help this dude take his shirts, like help him out. And I feel like because I had a different approach, instead of being that dude that just kind of like, what's up? And just left it dry. I was like, I'm just going to be cool and try to help out and like, you know, be whatever. That the who you are as a person instantly came out. You know what I mean? And I think after that, we just like clicked right away. So I was like, oh, I felt like out the gate, like we were just cool. Like you're like, oh man, you like rap music? I like rap music. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. (laughs) Nah, but like my thing is that most of the dudes I'm I'm like cool with or like really close to, I didn't like them at first. You know what I'm saying? So I think that was why I was like, you know what, I'm gonna have a whole different approach on this. Instead of like slowly like letting my guard down and being like hey yeah what's up dude like i was just like i'm not gonna have a guard period (laughs) and then it was like instant like you said but i really think it's because i was like i don't have no guard i'm here to just be cool with everybody fuck it you know what i mean and so what i'm getting at is it's like that's that's what i'm trying to like you know help people see like you have to understand your flaws to not hold you back you know I mean, but like me and you would always sit in the front, you know. That's true. and then yeah. like I always play music and you always drive, <laughs> and then I like our like uh, you know that was our icebreaker right there. Hip hop brought us together, David. Oh, now man. now I feel like we're like a team. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I totally agree. The synergy is off the hook. Yeah. I do. I remember how I met John. How'd you meet John? Oh no. This one's always good. John, John, John had like this headband on, looking like <laughs> junior hero, looking like, looking like hero Tagalog. <laughs> oh man, I knew it. And um, he had just gotten this rose gold. Oh, oh shit! Oh, like, you're gonna have to bleep. Oh, out. we're bleeping that out. <laughs> <laughs> And um, you like, mean a Casio watch, right? Casio, Casio watch, yes, <laughs> correct, correct. A rose gold uh, Nixon. I'm doing yes. air quotes as I uh, talk. <laughs> there, you there you go. That you rose gold Nixon. That fire rose gold Nixon, and he had just got it in Japan. But he was still the same John, though, like very modest about it. But still, still just bought a fucking rose. And I was like, damn. I need me one of those. Yeah, I don't yeah. even bring that out no more. <laughs> Kai's running around the house putting on, pretending like he's in music videos. He, actually, he's done that, and he dropped it. <laughs> and I was oh, so heated. Because he was like, look at me, look at me. Clack. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> I was like, no. You're like, look here, kid. I don't even wear this. And you're going to just put it on and drop it? No, because he knows, like, he knows what stuff I kind of, like, you know, treasure and kind of keep. Because they're, they're in, like, special, like, boxes. Mm-hmm. So he would go through those boxes. And then one morning, 
we were all getting ready to go. I forget where we were going. And then he had it on. And that shit don't fit his wrist. He's a six-year-old. Yeah, Clack. for sure. But no, for real, I, I, I wore it that one trip. I think it was Chicago. And I think it was the same. Was it the same trip David met him? To? I don't know. But, no, that was Houston. I don't think I've seen your Nixon. So. Uh, <laughs> And uh, I I still wear it every now and then. I just I get super self conscious about it, like I really do. Yeah. I, like I, I feel like it's not me. We'll go Did over. You give all. yourself that um, Nixon watch when you retired. That was what I got when I yeah when I left Apple. Oh, you re- no, no, not when you left. When you retired. <laughs> when I left Apple. All right, yeah, <laughs> when I retired. <laughs> oh no. Just to be clear, John's not of age to be retiring. No, no. I'm a stay-at-home dad. That's yeah. what it is. Stay-at-home anyway. dad looking at a really expensive high school bill coming. There you go. No, anyways. But no, you know, and it, I've always looked up to Justin because I knew about the whole Imperium thing. And, you know, I, I used to see that. I used to see every cat rocking it, like, everywhere. You know, I'm not from the Bay. I, I grew up down in Southern California. But when I moved up here, that was, like... I started to see that stuff around. Like I saw that on, at, at car meets, car shows, obviously at week fest. And even like when I would hit up like a club with some friends that were from out of town or anything like that, it was always a cat. There was a lot of cats wearing Imperium. So I was just like, Ooh shit, my bad. You know, when, when I first met Justin because of it. Oh man. Yeah, it was- Imperium. 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 I remember it being a big deal, and I, w- I was in SoCal. And I, I want to say, I'm trying to remember. I I had a shirt that Phil gave me, Phil from ATS. And I want to say that when I would wear it here, people would even say something to me. And be like, mm-hmm. yo, how do you know about that brand? You know what I mean? And this is all pre pre-internet, too. A little bit, kind of. Pre-social media, for sure. Oh, that was pre-social media. Yep. Yeah. Internet, I mean, that's, you know, it's not like you were on the AOL chat room talking about Imperium, so (laughs) that that doesn't matter. That's a whole different story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, When did, when did, uh, when did I, when did all this stuff come out? When did Instagram and them pop up? I I thought you'd have that in your Rolodex. (laughs) I'm, I know when I I know when I got on in, on Twitter, I'm trying to see. Okay, so I, so I I know that we had an Instagram for the page. Oh, you, know? you did. It's it's still active, I think. I am PRM. If you guys want to look it up, I'm gonna look it but, up right now. But the problem was is that I don't think like Instagram had like style yet to it. You know, dude, I remember being on Instagram for a minute. Uh, and it wasn't even a thing yet. Um, Pi actually put me on Instagram. He was like, yo, you got to get on this thing, blah, blah. And at the time, it was just photos. Right. And I was like, this shit's lame, bro. (laughs) But, like, the thing was that there wasn't really, like, a a style to it yet. People weren't, like, as creative on it. The camera wasn't even that good yet. So, you know, like... How Instagram now, like everything is like super vibrant. I don't, I didn't really get that that type of vibe yet. Well, you nah, couldn't, this shit was like potatoes. You couldn't upload your own yeah. photo yet. Oh yeah, yeah. You had to take the photo within the app. Yep. 
Yeah, it's weird. It's like 2010, 2011. The last post on your Imperium page is a. Uh, is it Nick Cannon? Nick yeah, Cannon? it is Nick Cannon, 2015. <laughs> Dang. Oh, my man, Nick. I'm Thank trying you, to go man. back to the to the first post while we talk. Oh, you're gonna be scrolling uh, forever. I don't even bro. think it's that it's that good though. No, I'm trying to see how bad it is because you're talking about how like it didn't have style oh. and all that jazz. So let me, let me ask you this then, since we're on this Instagram question, and I, I know we're gonna be talking about this uh your your story here in a second, Justin. Do you guys delete your posts on Instagram at all? Like your old stuff? Um, I delete like a lot of flyers and stuff when it's just time to like go with that. I try to keep a certain aesthetic, but for the most part, you know, I keep I keep pretty much 95%. I don't um I once they like gave you the ability to archive I remember I went through Instagram a little bit to see what I wanted to archive. And I think I archived like one or two things. And it was probably like a flyer for Weekfest. You know what I mean? Something that had a date on it that I was like, ah, oh, I could just take this, take this off. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. I just, after like the one or the two, I was like, eh, there's not even a point in doing this. I don't think I ever deleted anything ever. My Instagram's very like, you know, just me and my life it's not anything that i would think that i would normally need to delete something you know yeah but it was more mine was more personal in the beginning our imperium page was like ran by like a couple people so some like one of our homies like did not want to get his own page and then we'd be like stop posting all this stuff it's kind of like looking at it right now i'm just like aesthetically cringing <laughs> you're going through it right now as well yeah, I'm like why is there pictures of Lumpia on our page but I mean it's, it, it was really us building the community at that time you know I feel like we had a lot of support yeah I think you guys did so, I think you guys did no I feel I totally feel like we did but it's just like what helped us you know be successful in this and how long was um how long were you a part of Imperium? Like how um, long was that journey? Yeah, we started it in tw- almost like six or seven years. Because what did you say the last post was like twenty fifteen? Yeah, all the way up until you know from beginning to end. I went to the first post. I think it was somewhere in like twenty thirteen or something. But it wasn't. It wasn't like it definitely wasn't in the beginning of the brand. Uh, I mean, 2008 is when we started. Damn. And um, you would say 2015, uh, 2015 was like the end? That's 2015 was just kind of like the, oh, all right, guys. Thank you. We had an incredible run. That's a good run, though. No, it's a great run. Really good run. A lot of brands can't say they had that kind of a run, to be honest with you. It's, it's so crazy now that like, I'm looking at all this stuff. Like, damn. So, do you want to talk about the beginning? Let's start. Do you want to talk about the beginning of the brand or the beginning of you? Um, let's start with uh, me, and then I'll get into everything, really. All right. Shoot it. Great. 
82. <laughs> Damn, we're going Damn. way back. <laughs> nah, but no, I mean, I grew up in uh, Hayward, up there. And, you know, my parents kept me very, very active. So, like. Can I ask you something? Yes. Um, and I think it'll help the people listening, too, because I'm still lost on this. So there's Northern California, right? Hmm. Everything to me in Northern California is Northern California. You guys are kind of all in one ball. But then for you guys up there, there's what you consider the Bay Area, right? Yeah. What is is Bay Area? That's uh, San Francisco, Berkeley, Oakland, Union City, Fremont, Hayward. In between Newark. San Jose. Did you say San Jose? Yeah, San Jo, all that. That's Bay Area, also. okay. And then Hayward is this like a? Hayward is like a, a, it's like a little, you know, area in the East Coast. I mean, excuse me, in the East Bay to Oakland. So, like, say for instance, we travel to Japan all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And people ask, "Where are you from?" Oakland, a small city. Like, you know, say I'm from Hayward. It's kind of closer to Oakland because that's the the next big city, you know. That they so is Hayward like a Long Beach or is it more like a Garden Grove? I don't know how to answer that. Hmm. John, I don't know. Ah, man, is Hay is Hayward a San Diego or is it like a no, no. Chula Vista? Uh, I would say. Hayward is like a Long Beach. Oh, actually, no. I would say Oakland is like Long Beach, because they kind of like their own cities. You know, they kind of they're able to to like you know separate themselves from each other. Oakland, San Francisco, but I think Got Hayward it. still kind of resides in like the East Bay. I, I know the, guy, the cats from Hayward are probably going to hate me for saying this, but I I just think it's going to be like Garden Grove. Just me. <sighs> okay. Sorry, Justin. Or, Love or, you, man. or you know what? Hey, let's make it a little bit better. It's like a Lakewood to a Long Beach, right? Uh, I mean, I think that from in the East Bay, right? Mm-hmm. It always had its own style, and that I think is. that the people that I grew up around, word Union City, you know, pocket, is like. What is that? What is Union City? Is that an actual city, or is that a, a an actual a... city? Okay. I always thought Union City was like a, a cumulative area. No, it's like a very small city. Okay. But this is kind of like, you know, why I like, you know, hip hop, why I like fashion is all because of this little, my little surroundings and stuff. I'm going to go on this podcast and say that they dressed way better than, you know, everybody around it. Yeah, we we can't dress. I can't dress in San Francisco. Sorry. San Francisco dude at the time, and you know, I'm sure I'm gonna get some flack for this, but there was a lot of dudes. They would always wear Giants gear. They still only wear Giants. That gear. was like the mo. Like just that was like you know they'd go out. You see them in a Giants jacket. Like they're very prideful of the sports team. 
That's true, so though. If I'm from San Francisco, I probably got some denim jeans on, some whatever kicks, some kind of Giants overcoat, huh. sweater, hoodie, something. That was a Giants hat, and that's it, right? That was the, the baseball thing. jacket. That was the big item. That was that like, yeah, yeah, satin baseball jacket. That was huge for me to see when I moved up here, and like from then until like 2010, especially when they started winning. But when I first moved up here, that's what I used to always see was cats were always rocking their Giants slash 49ers. No offense, I didn't see many Warriors stuff until, you know, recently. Yeah. But. Oh, but, but let me, let me, I mean, this is like, you know, mid, mid, late 90s I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah, even, yeah. Always Giants gear. Always Giants gear. I mean, but I'm sure that, like, there's a bunch of cats that had fresh kicks. Because, like, I think kicks are universal in, in any. Yeah. From here to L.A., for sure. Okay. Yeah, so so you're from Hayward. Um, from Hayward, clearly this is where the influence begins. Yeah, the influence begins, but but like I was saying, my parents kept me super busy. So ever since I was a kid, I've always been very active, and I think that's what shaped me to be always busy, even as an adult. Ah, this actually is something that this makes a lot of sense. Playing baseball, you know, and then I'm in a, and then I'm playing basketball. Then they're like trying me to play some soccer, and I'm like, nah, soccer's not as cool. And then you soccer's know, very cool, to, maybe just not for you. Cool, maybe <laughs> not for me though. Okay. And then, and then I'm going to basketball camps, and then I'm going to baseball camps. So like, you know, again, so I was just super active as a kid. Always had a lot of cousins, so I think. You know, as long as I can remember, I'm always hanging out at, you know, some type of family gathering where it's just food, drinks, people, <laughs> our parents making us perform shit. Yeah. Always like, you know, like, Damn, a you, you always having like a talent show? Talent show at the, at the house. You were Not the kids that house. either had to like dance or sing at the party, huh? Yeah, exactly. Oh man, I hate to admit it's still kind of like that now. Are you making your kids dance and do like go play the piano, uh, poor Dan? I, I don't do that, but Michelle does that to Kai. <laughs> yeah, you have to do that, thing. John. But Kai likes that shit though. That's good. Yeah, he always doing his little dance. You know yeah, what I'm saying? So he he'll get you, have to, you have to do, look. That does a lot for you. Look no, at no, no. Justin's getting into it right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, okay. so, like, so you're quite the family entertainer. Yeah, dude. I I was in the talent show and I danced to the uh, the boys dial my heart. <laughs> and if I did this this dance and then this song and dance today with the YouTube era, I would have been viral for sure. <laughs> <laughs> what was the song? Dial my heart. Oh, the boys? Uh, you don't remember yeah. Down My Heart? Oh, he's playing it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> what do we get 30 seconds before we get in trouble? I think, yeah, something like that. You getting a flashback right now, Justin? No, I'm dancing right now. Five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. Yeah. So like. Wait, can I, I, can I interrupt? I'm sorry. I'm going to do this a lot tonight because I'm really in the side convo right now. What, what, what is it? Hold on. This is the boys dial my heart. Like it's four young black kids singing this song. What is it about your guys' culture that automatically is like doing the whole, you know, the, the, you went there. Yeah. I just, I gotta know, man. (laughs) I'm not saying that I wasn't into this music. <laughs> I'm saying yeah. you're doing this at the family party. So even the elders are into this music. My elders weren't. This was very much our generation. It's not like my mom was like, yo, check this song out. You know what I mean? So I'm trying to figure out where, where you know, where does this come from? I have, I have my okay, reasons. So Go I, ahead. I, yeah. I, let me hear John's reasons first. No, no, you first, you first, you first. So... You know, my dad grew up in San Francisco in the 60s and 70s. Not really like assimilating with the the the, the Caucasian culture. Yeah, obviously. The brothers mm-hmm. and all the Mexicans that are living in the mission and like living in San Francisco, predominantly Mexican areas and like, you know. Areas that are, I wouldn't say that are hood, but are more ethnic. I, okay. So and so everybody's just just listening to this era of music. Yeah, but 60s, 70s, right? You have, you know, Marvin Gaye. You have the Doobie Brothers, Temptations. Like these are all the the stuff that like my parents grew up on, and like that they were knocking. My parents weren't talking about going to Woodstock. They were more talking about going to like the soul type <laughs> shit. Yeah, no, nah, no, nah, for sure. Yeah, that's the, yeah, that's definitely for but sure. But the reason why I did this is because I had a babysitter that like all the neighborhood, all the neighborhood kids would go to, right? Okay. Like, you know, five or six. You know, there was me, my boy Roger, and my babysitter's uh, son. Like he was like, you know, like a hip dude, drove like a 89 5.0 Mustang. He was like really hip to the shit, right? Yeah. He's all about the boys. I got no, you. I'm only asking because to be honest with you, like here in, in this, I could be wrong, but here in Southern California, I feel like when it comes to New Jack, there's a very specific age and type of people. And those type of people, no lie are more than likely from like the Compton, Carson, like that, what they call, uh, what the hell do they call it down here? It's not the Bay Area. It's some, something Bay, I forget what the hell they call it. But that area, that's where you're going to get the people that listen to that kind of music. But otherwise, I feel like no one really does. Like when I used to, when I used to play music at different clubs and I would play some New Jack, it was like I had to really know what kind of people were in the crowd in order to play that. So that's the only reason why I was asking. Uh, but yeah, like, so, I mean, that type of music out here and just Filipinos love to dance. So that's why yeah. it's probably popular. But so, yeah, my, my babysitter's son, he like, you know, taped the, the video off of MTV, watched it like 500 times and like taught us this dance. And we went... I, I still have it. My parents mm. like will bust it out 
every now and then. Oh, wait, wait, wait. There's video my, of you doing this dance? Age, yes, there is a video of this. Oh, we need we need to get this for sure. We'll, John. We'll have to ask Hannah for this help. You're, yeah, you're the closest, so. I don't even think Hannah knows about this video. Well, Hannah will find H- it now. Hannah needs to know. <laughs> okay. Hannah knows now. But yeah, so, dude, we we crushed we went last at the talent show and uh if there was a prize i probably won it straight up and like i said if this was in the youtube era of today i'm going viral for sure you said you go viral for sure i'm going viral for sure off that oh man we you know what i feel like i feel like it could still go viral Yeah, 89, bro. And then, you know what happened in 89? What happened in 89? Earthquake. What? Earthquake? Earthquake. The the Loma Prieta earthquake. The Battle of the Bay series earthquake happened. You remember that clearly? Very clearly. We were watching the World Series. Giants versus A's. Battle of the Bay series. Mark McGuire. Jose Canseco, the Bash Brothers versus Will Clark. Damn. Uh, Matt Williams. And we're all watching the game, and then the game goes out, and then the floor is just rolling like crazy. And shit's falling all over the place. Nuts. I mean, I lived in the valley when they had the Northridge um, earthquake, so I, I, I remember that clearly. I just don't know about... Your guys is, you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, so like, I mean, uh, that's with whatever, but yeah, just like, just going, going back to what I was saying, like just growing up and being super busy and having hella activities. Like these activities led to being, being really active in like exploring like what else we could do. One of my, my, like, you know, best friends at the time gets turntables for the first time. Hmm. Wait, what for the first time? Turntables. Just when you use turntables for the first time? Is that what you said? In seventh grade, my buddy got turntables for the first time. Oh, nice. Like in in his garage, he had saved all his money. Like for like, like a year I think, and he got these like BD sixteen hundred linear tech <laughs> belt drive, where you couldn't scratch on them because it just couldn't like recover. So like if you pulled it back, it would just go. <laughs> <laughs> that was my very first turntable set for sure. Was like that. No, uh, it came with a mixer. Hooks it up to dad's stereo, and like we were just trying to be DJs because like the Bay Area is is had the best DJs, if not you know some of the pioneers came from here, the Cuberts, yeah. the Shortcuts, the Invisible Scratch Pickles, Mixmaster Mics, all that. Would you Damn, like to say different, David? No, no, I mean, hey. I, those are some of the greatest DJs of all time, and everybody knows that they're from the Bay Area. Yeah, so, like, you know, we're, we're getting this this type of, like, mobile DJ culture is happening 
right? Yeah, and in the seventh sure. grade, like all the all the like kids, brothers and stuff, going to these parties at these halls or at these like church festivals that are just turning into like down near baby clubs, you know, from all over are, are starting to like gather and seeing like different pockets of like people that are just, you know, doing stuff. So like naturally I'm like drawn to this because it's like a lot of hip hop. It's a lot of hip hop out here. MC Hammer was like, you know, leading the charge at the time. Oh, and yeah. Like, MC Hammer is from over there too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, E40. You guys even get to take credit for Tupac. And then Tupac in 95 or 94 was probably the biggest rapper. He dropped a double disc CD. Yeah, but he was really Wait. like LA at that point. You don't think that that, that Oakland gets to claim Tupac? Well, they, I mean, they were. He first hit on same song on Digital Underground, so of course I I, I agree with you. But I'm most, glad that you realized that. But most of his music didn't come out like until he was death row. I'm saying though, if it I wasn't know. for his time with Digital Underground, they would never found him. Exactly. <laughs> I'll, I'll say this though. Tupac Bay, because on that du- double disc CD, you have Richie Rich on there. That's true. Who was mm-hmm. huge. You had E40 on there. You had Drew Down on there. That is very true. The, the independent music scene was huge at that time, That those like mid-90s to like early 2000s. And he had like people from Sacramento on there, like Sibo. Like, so it was like a big record. Like if he didn't die... I think the Bay would have got a little bit. Uh, they would have been bigger, faster. Gotcha. You think he would have went that, back? What was that? What was the the dudes that he rode with the Outlaws or whatever? Weren't they all from up there? Oh, they were from like New York. Oh, they were. They? I think a couple of them were from New York. Oh, I'm not, to be honest with you, I didn't follow the Outlaws, so I wouldn't really know. Yeah, we would need to fact check that. I'm not sure. Yeah, to, uh, I, I never. Yeah. I never followed him, unfortunately. Oh, eighth grade. You know, my friends are DJing. I'm not really that good of a DJ. I know how to, like, maneuver myself around turntables and stuff. But what I do know how to do, and I learned this at an early age, was able to really, like, start to talk to people and get them to, like, book us to DJ or, like, get us to play their house parties and stuff. So you were the salesman and the dude that rocked the party. I was like the CEO of our DJ company. (laughs) What was the name of the DJ company? And so there was two, um, at the time, like in that back, back in that time, there was a lot of like big words that didn't mean too much that like, (laughs) People like to group together. Okay. (laughs) So one of them was flawless spinning dimensions. Flawless spinning dimensions. Okay. Uh, And then one was the beat doctors. I like that. The beat doctor. I like that one. That one. Yeah, that's good. We Uh, should bring the beat doctors back. (laughs) 
I have a reunion party for the beat doctors. Nice. Um, but yeah, so like, you know, we're playing house parties. We're starting to gain notoriety like in and around a town in and around town and like other towns, like other pocket cities. And I guess it was bad business at the time, but we were the young ones. So we were down to play for free. And um, one of our buddies, his dad was a DJ and he would tour. Um, he was in a band, I think, too. And he would tour around and he had like Serwin Vegas and like huge speakers that he was letting us borrow. So we had gear. Like we were like eighth grade, ninth grade, and we had gear. Like we the had Ker- like the Kerwin Vegas. <laughs> Serwin I'm sorry. Vegas. I had to interrupt you because, you know, I used to sell this stuff, right? And dudes it's not would Kerwin just. Vega? No, it's Serwin Vega for sure. But dudes would come in and be like, yeah, yeah so like right. I'm trying to get the Kerwin Vegas. Hey, do you guys have those Kerwin Vegas? So I just, it made me laugh. I had to say that because, man, I can't think of Serwin Vega without calling it Kerwin Vega. So, like, we're getting now in like the ninth grade, we're getting a little bit of money. I think we're playing like 200 bucks, 100 bucks, 300 bucks, you know? All these, yeah, but you're in the ninth grade. Not only are you getting them two, 300 bucks, you're like the guys, right? And we're kind of like the guys because. So there's some older guys that joined this group called, it was called Lotta Sounds. And they had like all these, like, they used to ride around in ambulances. And they're doing like legit parties. And in like ambulances? Yeah. Like that was like their mobile truck? They would gut ambulances. Uh-huh. And those would be their, their yeah, their trucks. Interesting. Okay. So these guys that are older than us, a couple of years older than us, they started to DJ with these these guys, and we're looking up to to these guys, you know. So at my high school, well, my whole life, right? But at my high school was like straight all these little young entrepreneurs. I went to a private high school, so a lot of these kids had like some business, you know, hustle in them, but they also liked hip hop. Um, that's crazy. I'll, I'll get into some funny stories, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me just say it because I think it's amazing. <laughs> One of our friends told his parents that he was going on a class trip to Japan through school, <laughs> going to Japan to go, you know, to this b-boy battle and they ended up winning it. What was the Today. class trip supposed to be for? I just said it was like for like an English class or something. <laughs> hey, uh, so yeah, I'm going to Japan for English class, but it's all to go to a b-boy battle. Yeah, so he won. So, do you guys ever heard of Rock Force? I I think so. Yeah. So Rock Force was huge at that time, and then in '97, they won the world championship in Japan or France. One of the two, but they they won like I forgot what it was called, like Battle of the Year or something. Mm-hmm. And he, he was like only like fifteen or sixteen. And this is a Going dude Japan, at your private school. Well, yeah. So just to give you some background of like how talented these kids are, and how present, school how, how present hip hop is in that school as well. Exactly, you know. Yeah. So like, 
we're hearing about this like, oh my gosh, like this is fucking nuts, dude. Mm-hmm. These, these kids are in the paper. It was a big, big deal, you know? That's cool. So yeah, we're DJing my buddy. <laughs> one of my buddies ends up like being on the radio for the first time. And then like one of my good friends till to, to, to this day that I still rock with was like only like 15 years old being on the radio. So like talent at our school, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. And, you know, with that, just I, I feel like maybe I, I just saw opportunity within that, you know? Yeah. So like with the opportunity, I was just like, you know, we have something cooking over here. John, Where? we need you to talk some more. I'm listening. I'm I wanna I wanna hear about this B boy stuff. This is back when I'm kinda like the same age, you know. Yeah, I'm only getting quiet right now because I'm like, oh shit, what? Yeah. Well, yeah, because th- when during this right, whole time I'm in San Diego, so it's like no, actually I'm in LA you, already. You know who Cross One is then. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know who Cross is, yeah. All right, Chris. so so Paul Paulski yeah. was the Bay Area. And so yeah. the, that guy, this Rock Force team, they're huge. And this guy Polsky is taking all these kids to and they're like 16 years old and going breaking and winning these battles. It's crazy, right? <laughs> but he didn't go to our school. So, but there's this guy, Alex Rototo. Yeah, who's this like, Alex Rototo guy? Because I feel like he's he's I feel a, like uh, he's like my mentor. Okay. I would say. But okay. he's like a big deal, you know, because he was throwing parties in the Bay Area at the time. And like kind of like I I basically think like our school was the farm league for you <laughs> to start to DJ. So on, on Wednesday nights in San Francisco, called Platinum. Club Platinum. And Club Platinum was bringing out acts like Cypress Hill. Hill, militia burn and then like this dude is like shaping the culture it's so this like, is, this is his night when's it like uh, this is his night and then he's literally like when you say farming from your school like, like he's literally pulling dudes out of that school to come rock the night with him yeah so they had like you know he had shortcut rocking with him he had all these big he had icy ice play with them too so, was yeah, Icy Ice had, a big deal up there? Kind of because Icy Ice was like the guy in LA at the time, you know? And Got he it. was Filipino and he would bring down like all these other people. So, people were traveling from LA to come to these parties and stuff. Mm-hmm. And vice versa, we'd go to LA. You know, I never went, but like I'm saying, like people would go back and forth. For those of you listening at home, just remember that, that name, Icy Ice. It's a little bit of foreshadowing for you. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, so so we have guys that are in there like, you know, you have to be 18 to go, but everybody got a fake ID from a cousin or whoever. So, yeah. you know, when I was 16, I was able to go, and it was kind of like being at, you know, kind of getting that, like, something special about it. You felt like you. I mean, you're six. You're sixteen, though. You know what I mean. 
I remember being 16, getting into the, the places I didn't belong, to be backstage behind the turntables, you know, all that. It's definitely a, a different feeling, and it's definitely going to spark something within you. You know what I mean? It's, like, super inspiring, mm-hmm. you know? So you see these seniors, these juniors and seniors, and their their group is, like, killing it. And, like, you know, like I said, one of the, the guys was, like, one of the first dudes ever to be on the radio. Killing it, right? So it's like going to church. Like this, I'm going to get my education at this place, you know? And I, I don't care if, like, you know, I'm telling my parents, like, oh, I have to go to uh, study at uh, my friend's house, but I'm going to be home really late because we have to work on this. And, and, and it sounds all believable because, you know, I'm going to this private school. So, like, you know, school's school is kind of hard, you know? So... So are you like ever doing school stuff or are you literally just doing this party and DJing? No, I'm not doing school, (laughs) but but I'm going to school because it's not like I could cut like this was. No, I know you're going, but I mean, private school, I feel like is one of those things where it's like you really got to be engaged. And I was, you know, but school was like one of those things where I was just like kind of get through it. But it's not like I was retarded. I was smart. But I didn't really like apply myself if I didn't feel like I needed to. I did just enough to like, you know, I still had like yeah, two you could nine, you could, you could actually on. do all right without trying too hard. Yeah. Getting like two nine right. three point oh three one four, you know, grade point average. So Got it. It, it was just enough, you know. Like I'm not like killing it, but I'm not like I'm doing average, you know. And uh, and like the only class that I was like really all about was the hip hop class and the general business class. Wait, you had a hip hop class at school? That was an elective. They started like a hip hop class because again, there's this is like there were so many kids that were like into hip hop, and like you know everybody was just trying to network. I mean, I get I get that you're in it. Fuck, man, if they had a hip hop class in my school, I would have been. Oh, doing all kinds of shit. Yeah, My school definitely different. was not the hip hop school. I mean, uh, <laughs> I shouldn't say that because they used to have some of the flies like fucking rap battles ever at lunch. But I wouldn't oh, say that, that wasn't the majority of the school. You know what I mean? That was and definitely a smaller amount. Well, how many people are at your your uh, uh, high school? No, it wasn't uh, that the school didn't have that many people. It was that the majority of the people at the school didn't give a shit about hip hop. No. Mm, got it, got it. Yeah. I, I think, I think my graduating class was like 3,500 or some shit like that. I don't remember. That's huge. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, pretty, that's a huge class. I think it's cause he went to a private school. Uh, private schools can make, can make a turn like that and bring in new electives real easily. A public school has to go through the school district and all that. There's too many, too many loopholes and bureaucracies to jump through. That makes so sense. Like, And then, so in my general business class, you know, I'm writing about hip hop because that's like all I wanted to do. And I mean, for, for, I guess, understand, like we're hearing Wu-Tang for the first time. We're hearing Nas for the first time. We're hearing Jay-Z. We're hearing Biggie. We're hearing Tupac, you know? So all these things are like just shaping. Hip hop is kind of like, 
I don't want to say it, it's at its peak, but it's at a really good place at that time. Hip hop is definitely at, at at this point in your life, this this time frame, hip hop in general is very influential. Yeah. On on all aspects of life. So that makes sense. Without a doubt. And you know, another thing too is that like um another thing too is that there was a bunch of boosters. Like people were stealing clothes like crazy. <laughs> so like fashion was going crazy at that time. So did you guys have like and I'm only asking you this because I didn't experience it, but I I know from all of my long research in the hip hip hop uh history, you know, like on the East Coast there was always like the truck, right? The truck came around and 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 was slaying whatever it was that you wanted, gear wise. So these boosters that you talk about, did they have like a setup like that where they were just like literally hitting the block with with trucks and slinging them, or did they have like a some kind of storefront or like whether it be someone's house where they slanged out of? Like, was it just they were bringing it to the streets that way? It was like out the trunk, you know? Yeah. And somebody would just pop their trunk and they just have like. 10, 15 North Face jackets for you to buy. It, it got to a point where, like, Versace at, like, 17. Not, like, weird Versace. Like, fly Versace. At 17? 17. 18. That's funny. Yeah, so that 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 whole thing with, like, I, I just want to, I just, like, hip-hop was such a big part of that like now they wanted the clothes anything they saw in the source like people are going to look for these jackets look for these shoes you know and like they're getting it and they're stealing $300 $400 jackets and like you're going to get it um 100 bucks that's it's nuts so you're in business class you got a hip-hop class you know what it's like to already like be able to bring the live vibe to the party to to wherever everybody's getting together put all that into a ball and you pretty much have what you have what you are right yeah so then what's what's the what's the next like boom you know what i mean what takes you from being the guy that's just appreciating all these different things to like now you have your place well, I mean, so I'm like, we're doing the like DJ thing, the mobile DJing thing, and I kind of fall off of off of that, you know. Okay. Like, you know, some guys got with bigger crews and like you know, kind of started doing their own thing, and then, um, you know, we're starting to like get into college where like, you know, some of our friends are kind of falling off. We're like, you know, like I'm really gonna do this college thing. And, you know, I'm really going to, like, take this serious. These hobbies are starting to fall out for some of our, some of the people around me. At the time, like, I started to hang out more so with, like, my cousins. And, like, these guys are, like, a control. And out of control in what sense? Oh, like, you know, like, let's go just do mischief you know 
Got you. It's like, you know, so we're like just trying to rep so hard. But at the same time, like, you know, these guys want to travel and like, you know, go see who's the toughest and like go meet girls and go do all these things. I kind of like took it as a way to just network with more people, you know? Right. Justin. And with that, yeah. Was it, were you guys, when you said you guys traveled all over the place, how far out did you guys go in the Bay Area? I mean, we would touch Vallejo, Fairfield, everywhere. I mean, Sacramento. Did you guys would go to Sac? Yeah, we'd go to Sac. We wouldn't go to Sac too much, but like we go to like Sacramento. I mean, we would go to like Fairfield. I mean, really, like wherever the girls were at, wherever the parties were at, that's where we're going. You guys doing house parties? We're doing house parties. Is that a thing up there? We're doing house parties, but house parties is always getting broken up, like hella fights and stuff. (laughs) There was this one time, like, there was like a huge fight, and then like the cops shut it down, and it's like, my head, like, bro, we're not getting these turntables back. Like, it's a wrap, you know? Damn, for real? Those little things where it's just getting too crazy. But then, you know, that and like the rave scene is starting to pop off out here, like 17, 18. A lot of warehouse parties was happening. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. If the warehouse parties was a thing. I felt like for DJs, that was like definitely one of the the platforms. You know what I'm saying? It's like when you started yeah. doing more of like the warehouse parties or like the industrial parties. Um, Dude, like I remember when I started DJing, there was like these dudes. They must have just had money, man. I don't know, but... Basically, one of the guys owned like a smog, uh, smog shop, but he like owned the entire like complex. So they literally had enough of what you needed to have a smog shop. And then the rest of it just looked like, I don't know, the way they had it set up looked like a fucking strip club or something. Like it just had like sofas and <laughs> like, you know, random velvet curtains and shit. But they'd have private parties. And that was like the thing, you know what I mean? They would just throw these parties and, and people would come and it was just wild, you know? Yeah. There was a lot of that going on too. I got to admit, I never got into those those parties. Really? Yeah, because no. you were at UCLA, bro. No, no. I was already getting into like, I was getting lost in the whole street race thing at that time. It was either like go oh, clubbing or go street racing. I yeah. mean, it's kind of like street racing. they kind of go hand in hand, though. You know what I mean? Like no, street racing no. one night and then the next night, you know, when you want to see the females. I mean, you saw the first Fast and the Furious. No, man, we were always out. <laughs> we would drive. We would drive out to like Moreno Valley, out to Ontario. We would go out there to like to mess oh, with everyone, man. you know? Yeah, the street racers were also crazy. That's I remember days. those days. That was too much. No. Street racing was like... um a riot waiting to happen, I felt like. Yeah, that's what it felt like, right? Just yeah. felt unsafe. I mean, dude, you guys know how I am. And for me, certain situations just start to feel a little too, like, I got to get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? Like, and street out. races were always like that. Like, I'd go to the street races, and then once the, the, the race didn't happen, and then it turned into all this bickering and running around and blah, all right, I'm done. I'm leaving. <laughs> There was a lot of that, yes. But I that was the reason why I never got into it. I mean, 
I the nights that we didn't go out, we were either working on the cars or we just wanted peace and quiet. I, I mean, dude, honestly, this the the partying and stuff that I'm talking to you about that was before I even had a car to take to the street races. I felt like oh, yeah. this was the like I'm sneaking in because ain't nobody IDing at the door, and I'm just kind of trying to figure out what's going on. You know what I mean? Justin, where do they do all the warehouse parties out here? Was it all in SF or was it just everywhere? Um, Oakland. It was this place called Home Base, and it's right by the Coliseum. And it was like, fuck, like 10,000 kids. And it was nuts. But yeah, so like I'm getting in a hell of mischief, right? Okay. We're just like going to these raves and, you know, being entrepreneurs at the time because all this is so new, you know? And nobody knows what's going on with this this new scene, which I, I'm pretty sure pr- probably started in L.A., I'm assuming. The the whole, yeah, I got you. Just the whole style of whole doing race it that way. Scene. The whole yeah. race scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like, you know, there's 10,000 kids there. Oh, so my much. God, dude, that sounds horrible. <laughs> so much entrepreneuring going on at that time. What what kind of entrepreneuring was going on on your behalf? <laughs> it was. Just Were you like, making money at the door? Or were you making money inside? I was making money inside. Okay, all right. So, so like you had that a lot of like, inside the party money making going on. Yeah, because it was like it was just like I, again, this is when I'm like kind of not doing the club stuff anymore. You know. Okay. You know, we're just kind of like going to college, my first year of college, taking it serious. So you already did the club stuff then at this point? Oh, so, you know, like it wasn't even something that I was hella interested in doing, you know? Got you, got you. We were doing so well at this other thing. I'm cool. So hanging out, <laughs> just like kind of just kicking. And are it. are you making serious money at this point, or are you just making like cool money to get by? Making cool money to get by. You know, okay. I'm still working like a little bullshit job. Okay. You know, getting, getting my little seven fifty an hour somewhere. Gotcha. And just hanging out. Telling your parents Intro- you're putting in all sorts of overtime. Just enjoying like all this like newfound freedom going to school but then it wasn't until i was like 18 and a half where one of my boys approached me and was like hey man you know hella people we should throw a party i'm kind of cool he was like dude you know all these djs he's like dude we'll kill it bro and i wasn't really interested but he was just hella, he's like persistent, like, yo, like you have a gift, you know, like, let's use it. Like, let's get all these people going, people out. And I was like, got it. So we link up with like one of the homies who uh, is a DJ and he's running like a record pool out of his house. So he's kind of like. Uh, yeah, like one of the most connected dudes, like locally, right? Okay. 
So, like, we went to go, like, you know, hey, you know, we know we you do these parties in uh, San Jose. Like, you know, we're thinking about doing San Francisco. And, like, you know, we have a good crowd from the East Bay of, like, you know, like, you know, Fremont down, like, a couple cities. Like, I think we could throw a decent party. Like, what's it going to take? You get a venue. You got to print some flyers. You got to get some DJs. All this stuff. So, um, so you going to him just for uh, advice or for like partnership? Ah, so I go to this dude as like a like some like little consulting. I just wanted to like you know get some game from him, and he kicks me down all the game. I said, "Oh, this is pretty easy. Get a uh, a venue, right?" You. At the time, you know, this dude, Alex Rototo, is, like, killing it now. He's got multiple venues. He's, like, fucking, you know, rocking super hard. So I go back. You know, I try to talk to him about it, but he's just, like, like oh, yeah, you know, just hit me when you're, like, uh, you know, available and stuff. It's cool. Right. Brushes me off. Oh, after that... You know, we go, we find a venue, and they're like, man, like, no one's ever heard of you. We don't really know what, like, your crowd's like. I don't even really think you could do it. Um, If you'd be willing to do it, like, we're down to try it on a Monday. On a Monday? Monday. Who's going out on a Monday? I don't know. So we're like, fuck. So July 29th, 2002. On a Monday, we do our first party. My uh, cousin does the flyer, and um, and then I get all my boys to DJ, and then I even get Jay Espinoza, and Jay Espinoza is only like fifteen at the time. What they have to sneak Jay Espinoza in to DJ at this party? Okay, and like I don't even think we paid Jay Espinoza at that party. <laughs> We worked our asses off and then fucking um being about three hundred kids out kids. on Monday. The kids you said? Well yeah, like three hundred No, like you know it was eighteen and up, so like oh, three okay. like three hundred of my friends came out basically. Oh three hundred kids out, sorry. Okay, gotcha. Kids. You cut out. Yeah, so yeah, so we got three hundred people to come out to our first party. And I think we made like 2000 bucks and we're like, yes, we have made it guys. I'm all about this. Let's keep doing parties. We're going to keep killing it. Right. But you did 300 people on a Monday. That place has to feel a certain way now. Right. Yeah. So now I'm like, yo, we need another date. They're like, Hey, we'll give you another Monday. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, fuck that. No, I, I don't want another Monday. I want like a fucking Thursday or something. Give me a Thursday. Like, no, we have a good house night on Thursday. All right, give me Wednesday. No, Wednesday's hella popping too, like reggae night. So, like, literally, they're like, just have a Monday, right? Okay. Reggae nights are fun. So we end up going to a different venue, and then we're like, all right, we got $2,000. We could spend, like, you know, $1,000 on this next party, and then, you know, we'll kill it, and we'll get a bigger venue because now we could fit – more people. And it was a fucking disaster. 
I think like 50 people showed up. Shut up. I swear. Oh and then like it's just like it was just like headache after headache and just like failure after failure. And then it was just so, like So I have to ask you, this is the part where people are really gonna understand why you are who you are. What keeps you pushing? You have a uh, you know, three hundred night Monday. I mean three hundred people on a Monday, it's cool. Now you're trying to like move forward with it and you have 50 people. What makes you go, fuck it, I'm gonna I'm gonna get this. But totally redeem ourselves. And then we we even hired like these other guys, um, these other DJs, and like it was cool, you know, but it, it was just not enough. We just the Thursday night it just didn't work. For some reason, like we promoted everywhere. So mind you, when I'm saying we promoting, I'm passing out physical 5,000 flyers, 10,000 flyers. Bay area. Passing out flyers at the end of the club at two in the morning. Being warm by smoking cigarettes and fucking wearing North Face jackets. (laughs) The Bay Area loves their North Face jackets. Yeah, man. That's for damn sure. Just saying. So yeah, so yeah, we 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 fail, right? But then at the same time, like we're like, we got to do another one. So we did we did some other stuff. Um, kind of worked out, and then uh, and then like I started it was like, I do twenty one and up. All our friends are starting to turn um, a little older. Everybody's starting to turn 21, but all our friends have fake IDs and they're going to these 21 and up parties. And the party at the time was this place called Mission Rock and it was huge and it was popping and it was Alex Furtado's party. Ah, you're competing with Alex Furtado at this point. No, he's just kind of just the leader. We're watching all this unfold, Ah. right? So I throw my first 21 party, right? Right. His DJs, kind of like, oh, if I can't get Alex, let me get the cosign. Right. You know, and and we fail again. You failed again, even with these guys. Like two hundred people, maybe three. Crash. But the venue's like nine hundred people. You need it like 500 for it to look cool. I'm just overzealous at this point. And I'm like, fuck, yeah, this is just not working out. You know? Right. So t- me going. T- take me to the point where it's like we're, we've completely boom. Like you switched. You are, you've, you've found your place and there ain't no going back. You can't you can't do no wrong anymore. Oh, um, go with these guys in the South Bay because right now I'm trying to like attack San Francisco. San Francisco's on fire. Party scene is probably at its best at that time. Well, you're trying is- to be in that market. Oof. Maybe like don't ask Justin what year it is because he he's. <laughs> we don't need to get a timeline going. It might bounce back and forth too much. I'm just curious. Yeah, to- but- 
to know when like this whole party scene in SF was like jumping off. He told you he's like 19, 20 years old. Justin's born in 82. That's how he started <laughs> the, the whole math. thing out. Do the math. <laughs> it sounds like it's about 2002, but I'm not sure. Oh, 2002. It's like now it's like maybe like 04. Okay. All right. There we go. There we go. Like, I've always kind of had like multiple streams of income. So this was just one of them that, like, it's cool. I have like two other things going on. Okay. So I, was, I was always okay. And like, you know, mom's, you know, honestly, my mom's was pretty supportive of this. Got it. Dad, on the other hand, not so much. Really? Yeah, you know, like, you're, imagine your daughters come to you one day. And they want to be DJs. I want my daughters to be DJs. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay, but I mean, <laughs> this is not, forget it. That's just totally backfired on you. <laughs> no, 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 no. Keep going. No, no, I'm kidding. Keep going. Yes. My daughters come say they want to be DJs. Like, you know, okay. Uh, here's here's a better scenario, right? You have your daughters in private school their whole life. You know, you sacrificed a lot of blood, sweat, and tears to make sure that your kid has a good education. And well, he here's the difference. To... What about when my daughters come to me and tell me we want to be a DJ, and that's what we're going to focus our entire life on? That's oh. the problem. Really? Yeah, I that mean, that'd be a problem for you. Sorry, After putting them through uh, private school and, and, and uh, you know, paying all this money and thinking that they're going to go to a good college. I mean, I'm assuming that Justin's basically going, hey, so that college thing that I've been kind of fucking around with. Yeah. So anyway, I'm trying to do this other thing. Right. Yeah, basically, like I'm like, I'm not saying I'm not not going to go because I liked going to class, but for all the wrong reasons. I right. just want to go to school to network. Yeah, just talk and to people, it. to invite them to your spot. And <laughs> chop it up, like, just meet more people. That's my demographic. I'm trying to get them to come out. Right. You know? So it's like it's like I'm going to school to just network and get more people to come out. Got it. <laughs> you know? So I ended up going out to the South Bay. Linking with these dudes. We do this Thursday night party, and it's called 3D Thursdays. And for like two or three years, we're killing it. And like, this is like kind of like when I start really gaining some notoriety, gaining some like traction where, you know. Can I ask you something? Who, who are you? How, if, if I'm, if I'm just chilling, right? South Bay and people are trying to tell, you know, there's a referral to go to your spot. Uh, Is it just the 3D Thursdays? Is it? Yo, you got to hit up Justin. Like, how do people know you at this point? I'm just curious. So they know me as like, you know, just one. And they know my company at the time was 600 Inc. Okay. The the reason why I was called 600 Inc. Was because the dream was to get a S600 uh, Benz. Got it. That was my dream whip. And I feel like I should buy it sometime soon. You always got to buy your dream whips, man. I'm telling people. Like, You have to buy the cars that you wanted then. That's why I own an LS430 and an M3. 
both the year that I graduated from high school. <laughs> yeah, you know, so I, I think I need to get an S600. They don't even make a 600 no more. No, no, you got to get that S600 that you were in love with then. You could go buy that no problem now. Technically, hey, remember I posted it with y'all. Yeah. They yeah, technically so still make an S600. They do, but I'm just saying you don't have to get the new one. You have to get the <laughs> one that made you fall in love. That That's my thing. That's always been my thing. I think I didn't fall in love with the car. I fell in love with the status of the oh, car. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Absolutely. I Especially in that know. era, though. That's what I'm saying. So, A big body Benz? Come on. Yep, everybody wanted that. Mm-hmm. 600 ink, right? Killing it. Fucking two, three year run, right? And then the club shuts down. So I'm like, ah. So I'm kind of back at it again, right? Okay. And at this point, um, I was working at Franklin Covey, the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Wait, what? Franklin Covey. Are you guys familiar with Franklin Covey? Mm mm. I'm not, but seven habits of highly effective people already said something to me. This guy, Stephen Covey, wrote this book like 30, 40, 50, 30, probably like 20, 30 years ago. Basically about what millionaires or like people with the millionaire mind state do in order to be better at like life. Wait, so this whole time I thought that you were just a natural, but you're like highly trained? No, I'm not highly trained. I mean, you, you, you worked at the training facility. Yeah, I guess. But I'm <laughs> over there, like, soaking up game. But then at the same time, I'm like, all right, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to just do this. Okay. By myself. Like, I'm, I'm ready to just focus all my energy into this. Which is? Club. By yourself, you're doing it. 600 ink yeah i have some partners you know some 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 childhood friends <laughs> they're still rocking with me more so on like the dj tip but then you know we're getting money together like um but like during all this time you know like a lot of people are kind of falling out because of like just <sighs> and i don't know i don't want to say it like this but hard to fail and i don't think people understand how hard it is to fail because society says if you lose at something you're a loser right Mm -hmm. but but like i was just like dude like i'm gonna get it right like even if i take all these l's i don't know like where this is even coming from determined like you know what we're gonna really make a name for ourselves off of this Okay. You know, you can only take so much like losses, I, I feel like. So I feel like a lot of people that were rocking with me believing in it after a while, you know, or just had to go do other things because, you know, at the time we weren't really making money. I'm sorry you broke up a bit. You said they weren't believing in you anymore? Yeah, they, they, they probably were just like, you know, really didn't believe in like, you know, us making money on this. Got anymore. It. Got it. So, yeah. So the club closes. So, so what's the what's the breaking? 
right here. I'm telling you. Oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> The, the the suspense is killing me. I'm trying to get to this, like, boom, there it is. Well, the club closes, and then the club reopens, and they have, like, this party going on. And the same dudes that I, were, I was doing the Thursdays with told me, like, mm, you know what, Justin, we're cool. We're going to do it on our own. We don't really need you anymore. And I was oh, like, man. what? How How is this, like, even, like, a thing? Like, I help you build those Thursdays. And now you're going to kick me out. <laughs> so again, another like, uh, back to this. Right. But luckily, like, you know, some people still stuck around from the old club that were in management and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. And called me on the side, like, Hey, we haven't seen you on Thursday. Where are you? Explain the situation. Finally, I end up getting a meeting with these guys. Got it. Because they're going to kick them out. Hmm. Met with these dudes. And and then I met with Alex Rototo too. And I said, hey, man, I have something that we could probably work on that I think would be really good. And he's like, oh, what is it? I was like, a brand new club, downtown San Jose on a Thursday night. And Thursday nights in San Jose were always notorious for being, like, huge. Because this was like a Got San it. Jose State. It's like a college town. Ah, Thursday nights always cracking the college town. Mm-hmm. in, right? Right. But they weren't doing it right. <laughs> so me and Alex end up partnering up. Basically takes the brand from like something kind of small. And then we form a brand together, Heavy Arsenal. Oh, okay. And we just knock it out the park. And like... So- Alex Rototo, the same guy that kind of blew you off before. I would say blew quite... me off. I would say he's more so like. In the know. best way possible to, you know, with no animosity, but he just kind of was like, oh, I'd rather not. Right. Yeah, like, uh, let, let's let this kid get his footing. Right. You know. Right. Then we end up doing these Thursdays. And he's like talking about putting like all this money into the party, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, damn, I'm only 23 years old. I don't have this type of like budget you might have. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like kind of nervous, like, fuck, dude, like, is he going to fuck with me? Like, he's going to look at me like a little kid because I'm like, I don't want to tell him, like, dude, I don't have like five, ten thousand dollars to to put into this party like that you know right so i end up figuring it out um a little we i think i got like a little investor or something it was cool and then so now like this party is like super popping and then this is like kind of at the height of like where streetwear is starting to emerge in san francisco in the Bay Area to the world pretty much. Before you get into this I want to point something out that I think will probably pretty you know, it'll have a place in what you're saying. Before right now in the, you know, in the previous that you explained and, and the Thursday night that you used to have and before you got with Alex and right when you got with Alex what kind of attire was necessary when you went to the club? Um uh Oh, so like this is before the bougie clubs. 
the bougie clubs. Could... Yeah, because I mean, I never <laughs> yeah. went to a legit club in like a uh, hip hop era. So I don't yeah, know, so. you know, and, and then also being here in Southern California, LA area, long area, like, you know, there was always the, you had to dress a certain way because you didn't want to represent any gang or anything like that. So, so I'm what's the LA dress code? To, at, at this, at the time that you're talking about, if I had a guess, it's like, dude, honestly, you had to have like a button up shirt tucked in some places you couldn't even wear jeans. That's what I remember LA clubs like. Couldn't even wear tennis shoes, I think. The funny part, right? If I wasn't throwing the party, and if I didn't know everybody in the clubs, I probably wouldn't have got into half of the places that I've thrown parties. I've always had baggy jeans. I've always had... (laughs) And I always had, like, like some hip-hop attire on, you know? Right. Or just be able to get in if they knew me, you know? Right. But I think at the time, like, you know, you had to wear a collared shirt. They didn't want you to be too baggy, but it wasn't too crazy. <laughs> at this point, this is the emergence of streetwear, right? Oh, there you go. So it was very, very important to me that people didn't have to dress a weird way because I always stressed, and we stressed it at the last party. It was like, it's a hip-hop night. People could kind of dress like to express themselves. College kids dress like this. You what are your What are your limitations? No hats. No hats. Why is hats such a thing? Can you explain that to me? Is it cause the because the hat typically like, represents something else? Represents like a different turf. It's <laughs> like, oh, you from you know, like oh, you're from this set. Of yeah, yeah, you wear these colors, so you're wearing this kind of hat, and it's not like yeah. you can expect people to only wear a specific type of hat. So you have to make the rule of no hats, right? Yeah. So I'm telling them like, hey, it's a Thursday night. Like, let everybody wear a t-shirt. Damn. Let's okay. let's take let's take out like t-shirt and sneakers. I have to have that. If I can't have that, I can't do the night here. And then, like, they kind of saw how I was dressed, and they were like, oh, okay, this is cool, you know? Right. And so I said, hey, but I got to have one stipulation. And I told them that I was sponsored by Huff at the time. Hmm. And I said, you know, people got to be able to wear a Huff hat, and it's this H. And I showed them, like, a picture of the hat. And I said, you got. Yeah, exactly. So you have to be able to wear this hat guys are gonna be wearing this hat and they're like fine so we got this killer deal (laughs) and then um you know then we started having like all the guys from huff are coming down to the party and it's just like 900 to a thousand people every week hip-hop comfortable huff's getting pushed out there it's uh it's already a vibe. It's a huge vibe. Shortcuts playing there. All all the cool DJs, you know, like we had a bunch of acts come through, clips came, Fat Joe. Where was I? Why was yeah, I missing all, all this? This is all hey. my time. Dude, and then we had Damn. like Jace, like incredible. 
You know, we had two rooms so that the front room would be like, uh, like hit like reggae and like old like older hip hop. This is and the back room. Yeah, and then the back room would be all like club hip hop and like everything. This sounds amazing. I feel like what? we met too late. The um, <laughs> Justin, you and I have a have a mutual friend, and um, he took me to a couple clubs down there in San Jose. It may have been one of those. Oh, who is it? Francis. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure he, he definitely was. came. He definitely came. Hmm. Okay, so you, other than, other than what you're into. As of right now, you have no experience with any kind of streetwear or clothing brand, right? Oh, I, I really wanted to do start tapping into getting multiple streams of income going. We built this type of uh, crowd, so we have influence. So now... Okay. Are you getting any kind of kickback from Huff? Hold on a second. We all rocked Huff hats. I have. I still have all those Huff hats that he explained about the Quake ones and all. That. I still have those kind of sitting around. They're dirty, but I got. I got like some Huff socks that I got when I bought some shoes at uh, uh, Undefeated. Oh yeah. Okay. But I mean, that's about it. I don't really know much about Huff. This is all kind of new to me. I I remember when I started seeing Huff around. I thought it was very skaterish well it was it was very bay area ish and so we always kind of like when i that was the time i was rocking a lot of the hundreds and undefeated stuff i was still like transplanted from socal moved up so i was kind of rocking the hundreds or rocking undefeated uh those those cats and then huff was like down the street um it was like a we, we took like this circle and we would go to the hundreds on post then we'd go down sutter to where huff was and uh, I, I i feel like hundreds so at the time that hundreds like really came out and was big i i feel like i was already at the point where i wasn't really into brands mm-hmm. um so i kind of missed that whole boat and i think that for me the correlation of streetwear and skater stuff I kind of missed that as well. I mean, once I kind of like, you know, the, the skate, don't get me wrong. Skaters always had a style. Mm-hmm. There was always a look to skaters, but I think that tying it into hip hop, I lost that. And yeah. now looking back on it, I really see where that came together. But I think that in it's in the moment, I wasn't seeing that skaters do that. I don't do that. I'm not a skater. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. I wasn't a skater at all. But I mean, that kind of stuff was all was all over it for us. Yeah, no, and I get it, and it's cool. And now I really like the correlation of the two. I think that you know it kind of got really big for me personally, being able to really see it. I think it's more when the skater, like Nike, did the whole Nike SB, and skaters start getting their own Nikes and stuff like I, that. Yeah, that's kind of where I really saw it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And was that huge. was the that was the era too. Because like so like that sneaker culture because Huff is so big at that point and they're the ones that are pumping all the SB stuff out to um the Bay Area because they're like the biggest account at the time. So yeah, that's so, so uh take me there a little bit because I think I'm I'm lo- I'm 
I'm not really understanding the whole Huff situation. So I know that Huff is a brand, but is it a shop as well? And do they sell yeah, so, other things so, other so than Huff is a, a brand first and it's a skate shop second, but they also have a Nike tier zero account, which is like everything limited, yeah. which comes along with gotcha. the Nike SB, right? Which kind of like, I feel like kicked off kids in into the the streetwear realm yeah (laughs) and they're carrying brands you know nobody's really heard of per se yet and like the golden era huff was the first time i ever heard the term quick strike when it came to shoes Uh, oh really Mm -hmm. interesting yeah so they're yeah go go ahead go ahead go ahead Having all these like releases and like you know the t-shirts are selling out they were super big on the new era hat and those are all selling out like crazy and then they have the shoes that are coming out and they did so much for that culture and the, the scene that i was like yo we have to pair this all up because that's what's hot that's what kids want to wear and that's what you know people want to be seen on the website fashion yeah they started a I mean, skate, skate brand first i couldn't mess with it it only makes it only makes sense i mean how do you not tie it all in right exactly we're just trying to push an authentic lifestyle and a lifestyle that i was living and i wanted all the people it's like that that wanted to still go party wanted to go listen to music and i, I think that we were good at having that outlet for them Gotcha. So, yeah, because of Huff, I'm hanging out with these guys. I'm seeing, like, okay, now we can make money as maybe doing a brand. Okay. At the time, time, my buddy, his his, uh, brother had a bike company, like a BMX bike company like a vintage BMX bike company. He was like, hey, I need you guys to print me some T-shirts and design it because I'm not cool like that. You guys are cool. <laughs> like people would want to wear. Yeah, can you make me something that people will actually rock or help me design something that people would actually rock? So like me and him, we like, you know, found somewhere to print the shirts. We got something designed up. You know, we got we got some shirts off the ground. They sold pretty well. And then, you know, I was like, hey, I, I think we should do a brand. Who oh. are you telling this to? To the guy that had the bike shop or to your partners? I'm telling it to, like, my partners. And I'm telling it to some other guys that I'm starting to meet at the club that, like, I'm hanging out with all the time. Okay. They kind of shared the same vision and they had, oh, you know what? I started the brand with an SVP member who came from the car scene. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Single overhead cam turbo. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So So those guys were like huge and, you know. They're all so, doing like 12 second, 12 second, 11 second cars. 
<laughs> in, in, at the time. But so you were... basically are going to start, you know, you have this idea, you want to start a brand, you're telling it to these people who all have different avenues, it sounds like, of ways to push it to the people that they know or the people that they associate with or whatever it may be, right? Yes. I mean, and so I link up with like me and three other dudes and then we add two two guys um, to design it and like basically be a part of the whole thing as well. So there was like six of us and uh, now we, we start Imperium. And there's six of you, you said? Yeah, there's like yeah, there's like six core members, for sure. Damn, I didn't realize it was that big. Uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and ask you this right now. Looking back on it, would you start a brand with six people again? No. Okay. But at the, I mean, okay. Here's my thing, though. I always feel like the more the merrier, you know. Right. My personality, you know. Why why only have two of us and just be super stressed out when we could have a couple people involved? Yeah, it does get tough. There's a lot of personality, you know, but it's a big operation as well, too, though, you know? Yeah. Okay, so you finally started Imperium, and this is the part where I'm really trying to really get into. The buildup is very necessary because it explains who you are as a person, how you got to where you're at, why you just keep going when the odds might be against you. These are all things that I feel like I admire about you. You're self-driven, multiple uh, incomes. You constantly are trying to like look at what's next. Um, all these things are great. A really big thing for me is the whole Imperium thing. And I'll get to why that is later. But I really want to talk about how you started Imperium and it's and it's and what its peak was. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, you, so you've now started it. You got six members. Um, what's the first like? What's the first move? First move is like to find a name and develop a logo. And I feel like this process took like six months. And is that people long were, for you? Or is that, is that? That's long. You know, okay. people are starting to get antsy. Like it, it just like nothing was clicking. Okay. And then, uh, so the name just, comes out. So the name finally comes out. Right. And then it was kind of like go time. And then, okay, what's you know, the first we, thing you did? We partnered with a streetwear shop that carried some like brands uh, that we looked up to in San Francisco. <laughs> we asked them if we could throw our, uh, you know, our launch party there. Ooh, okay, Let, let's do it. So you know, we had like. We had dropped like a little capsule collection. I think it was like maybe four shirts. Kind of started going from there. How that? How did that first party go though? It was the second event we did. 
that really set it off. So why, there's, why these, there, there was these guys who lived in, um, they were like, had a streetwear spot in Stockton, and they okay. just opened up in Union City, which is like our hometown. And it was like f- 10 minutes away from our office. Okay. So this guy, you know, he's carrying Crooks and Castles, Diamond, Rogue Status, um, all, all the big names of like L.A., you know, okay. like kind of like the fraternity. And we were asked him like, hey, you know, you think you'd like, and like, let's do a collaboration T-shirt. Okay. And he was like, yeah, yeah, y'all seem cool. I like your stuff, you know. So we end up uh-huh. do- doing an event over there. We had like a barbecue, hella food, and like we sell a bunch of T-shirts through them. Wow. Sold a good amount. And I feel like that little cosign put us like in the game for, for real, for real. Then we start getting, you know, uh, spots in San Jose to carry us and accounts at this time. And then we go to magic. Magic was really the, the like attention grabber, right? Yeah. So then we go to magic and we bring a tiger. <laughs> so nonchalant. Oh, we bring a tiger. Bring a, we bring a white tiger to magic. For those of you listening at home, I I really hope that there's some magic attendees listening at home because I want that guy who was there that year to be like, get the fuck out of here. You're the guy that brought the white tiger. You know what I'm saying? Like a baby white tiger cub. (laughs) We didn't care what, what clothes we had. We just brought a tiger to create a buzz and it created a buzz right because i mean people are like mad right like oh there's just blog you know this is like the blog era you know everybody has an opinion everybody has a blog and a lot of these streetwear dudes are just writing you know like dude this is not a fucking circus why would you do that this good and other people are saying yo that's like the coolest shit I've ever seen. So did did the, but, the but, attention at Magic, do you feel like that translated into something? I mean, any I mean, all publicity is good publicity. Is that what they say? Yeah, no, nah, I mean I agree on that, especially in this situation. But what I mean is so I think it it was good and I think it was bad. I don't think people like necessarily knew exactly who we were from that. They just knew there was a tiger that came. Got it. <laughs> but it's not like imp- the Imperium guys brought a tiger. It was like, yo, these crazy Asian dudes brought a fucking tiger. That's because you needed to like spray paint Imperium on the tiger and like hair dye. PETA would have just shut us down for sure. Tell me that wouldn't have changed it though. I'd be a bazillionaire. Anyway, so. You took a tiger to magic. Now, you know, a couple pretty, I would say, people whose opinions come of value probably spoke on this situation, right? Yeah, for sure. A lot of hate, you know. Hey, man. People even just want to talk about the being the purest of the cultures and stuff. I mean, we talk about ourselves how, you know, even if you got yeah, something sure. to knock a little bit or if you want to try to put people on game on how this isn't how it should be, 
sometimes better not to say nothing because you're still putting it out there, right? So, I mean, I'm sure it was, yeah, one of them situations. And, Um, like, I I mean, it wasn't my idea. Like, we could have did it without it. It was actually pretty cool looking back on it. In the time, moment, you were I, probably like, eh, At the no. time, I was like, you know what? I could think of like fucking 50 other things we could do with this type of money. Right. But okay. again, looking back at it, I'm like, yo, it's pretty tight. Not a lot of people would say they did that. All right, everyone. We're going to go ahead and take a break uh, now. That is going to be the end of part one. We're going to go ahead and come back next week with part two. Make sure you come back for part two, because typically the way things have been going, part one is really just a buildup. Part two is where we're really going to get into what you really want to hear about. It's uh, it's typically where we've gotten past the 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 storytelling, if you will, and where John and I kind of give our perspectives on things and where we kind of hear from the guests. So, um, like I said, come back for part two. There's going to be some good dialogue between us and Justin. I think you guys really like that.